Section 16 of The Jungle Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. To My of the Elephants, Part 1. I will remember what I was i am sick of rope and chain i will remember my old strength and all my forest affairs i will not sell my back to man for a bundle of sugar-cane i will go out to my own kind and the wood folk in their lairs i will go out until the day until the morning break out to the wind's untainted kiss the water's clean caress I will forget my ankle ring and snap my picket stake. I will revisit my lost loves and playmates masterless. Kala Nag, which means black snake, had served the Indian government in every way that an elephant could serve it for forty-seven years, and as he was fully twenty years old when he was caught, that makes him nearly seventy, a ripe age for an elephant. He remembered pushing, with a big leather pad on his forehead, at a gun stuck in deep mud, and that was before the Afghan War of 1842, and he had not then come to his full strength. His mother, Radha Payari, Radha the Darling, who had been caught in the same drive with Kala Nag, told him, before his little milk tusks had dropped out, that elephants who were afraid always got hurt. Kala Nag knew that that advice was good, for the first time that he saw a shell burst, he backed, screaming, into a stand of piled rifles, and the bayonets pricked him in all his softest places. So before he was twenty-five, he gave up being afraid, and so he was the best-loved and the best-looked-after elephant in the service of the government of India. He had carried tents, twelve hundred pounds weight of tents, on the march in Upper India, he had been hoisted into a ship at the end of a steam-crane and taken for days across the water and made to carry a mortar on his back in a strange and rocky country very far from india and had seen the emperor theodore lying dead in magdala and he had come back again in the steamer entitled so the soldiers said to the obsidian war medal he had seen his fellow elephants die of cold and epilepsy and starvation and sunstroke up at a place called Ali Masjid ten years later. And afterward he had been sent down thousands of miles south to haul and pile big balks of teak in the timber yards at Mulmin. There he had half killed an insubordinate young elephant who was shirking his fair share of work. After that he was taken off timber-hauling, and employed with a few score other elephants who were trained to the business in helping to catch wild elephants among the Garrow Hills. Elephants are very strictly preserved by the Indian government. There is one whole department which does nothing else but hunt them, and catch them, and break them in, and send them up and down the country as they are needed for work. Kalanag stood ten fair feet at the shoulders, and his tusks had been cut off short at five feet, and bound round the ends to prevent them splitting with bands of copper. But he could do more with those stumps than any untrained elephant could do with the real sharpened ones. 
when after weeks and weeks of cautious driving of scattered elephants across the hills the forty or fifty wild monsters were driven into the last stockade and the big drop gate made of tree trunks lashed together jarred down behind them Kalanag, at the word of command would go into that flaring trumpeting pandemonium generally at night when the flicker of the torches made it difficult to judge distances and picking out the biggest and wildest tusker of the mob would hammer him and hustle him into quiet while the men on the backs of the other elephants roped and tied the smaller ones there was nothing in the way of fighting that Kalatnag, the old wise black snake did not know for he had stood up more than once in his time to the charge of the wounded tiger and curling up his soft trunk to be out of harm's way had knocked the springing brute sideways in mid-air with a quick sickle cut of his head that he had invented all by himself had knocked him over and kneeled upon him with his huge knees till the life went out with a gasp and a howl and there was only a fluffy striped thing on the ground for kala nag to pull by the tail yes said big tumai his driver the son of black tumai who had taken him to abyssinia the grandson of tumai of the elephants who had seen him caught there is nothing that the black snake fears except me he has seen three generations of us feed him and groom him and he will live to see four he is afraid of me also said little tumai standing up to his full height of four feet with only one rag upon him he was ten years old the eldest son of big tumai and according to custom he would take his father's place on kalanag's neck when he grew up and would handle the heavy iron ancus the elephant goad that had been worn smooth by his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather he knew what he was talking of for he had been born under kalanag's shadow had played with the end of his trunk before he could walk had taken him down to water as soon as he could walk and kalanag would no more have dreamed of disobeying his shrill little orders than he would have dreamed of killing him on that day when big tumai carried the little brown baby under kalanag's tusks and told him to salute his master that was to be yes said little tumai he is afraid of me and he took long strides up to Kalanag, called him a fat old pig, and made him lift up his feet one after the other. Wah! said little Tumai. Thou art a big elephant! And he wagged his fluffy head, quoting his father. The government may pay for elephants, but they belong to us mahouts. When thou art old, Kalanag, there will come some rich rajah, and he will buy thee from the government on account of thy size and thy manners and then thou wilt have nothing to do but to carry gold earrings in thy ears and a gold hada on thy back and a red cloth covered with gold on thy sides and walk at the head of the processions of the king then i shall sit on thy neck o kalanag with a silver ancus and men will run before us with golden sticks crying room for the king's elephant that will be good kalanag but not so good as this hunting in the jungles ah said big tumai thou art a boy and as wild as a buffalo calf this running up and down the hills is not the best government service i am getting old and i do not love wild elephants give me brick elephant lines 
one stall to each elephant and big stumps to tie them to safely and flat broad roads to exercise upon instead of this come and go camping aha the Kanpur barracks were good there was a bazaar close by and only three hours work a day little to my remembered the Kanpur elephant lines and said nothing he very much preferred the camp life and hated those broad flat roads with the daily grubbing for grass in the forage reserve and the long hours when there was nothing to do except to watch kalanag fidgeting in his pickets what little tumai liked was to scramble up bridle paths that only an elephant could take the dip into the valley below the glimpses of the wild elephants browsing miles away the rush of the frightened pig and peacock under kalanag's feet the blinding warm rains when all the hills and valleys smoked the beautiful misty mornings where nobody knew where they would camp that night the steady cautious drive of the wild elephants and the mad rush and blaze and hullabaloo of the night's last drive when the elephants poured into the stockade like boulders in a landslide found that they could not get out and flung themselves at the heavy posts only to be driven back by yells and flaring torches and volleys of blank cartridge even a little boy could be of use there and tumai was as useful as three boys he would get his torch and wave it and yell with the best but the really good time came when the driving out began and the kedah that is the stockade looked like a picture of the end of the world and men had to make signs to one another because they could not hear themselves speak then little tumai would climb up to the top of one of the quivering stockade posts his sun-bleached brown hair flying loose all over his shoulders and he looked like a goblin in the torchlight and as soon as there was a lull you could hear his high-pitched yells of encouragement to kalanag above the trumpeting and crashing and snapping of ropes and groans of the tethered elephants mail mail kalanag go on go on black snake don't do give him the tusk somalo somalo careful careful maro mar hit him hit him mind the post array array hi yai kaiya he would shout and the big fight between kalanag and the wild elephant would sway to and fro across the kadah and the old elephant catchers would wipe the sweat out of their eyes and find time to nod to little tumai wriggling with joy on the top of the posts he did more than wriggle one night he slid down from the post and slipped in between the elephants and threw up the loose end of a rope which had dropped to a driver who was trying to get a purchase on the leg of a kicking young calf calves always give more trouble than full-grown animals kalanag saw him caught him in his trunk and handed him up to big tumai who slapped him then and there and put him back on the post next morning he gave him a scolding and said are not good brick elephant lines and a little tent carrying enough that thou must needs go elephant catching on thy own account little worthless now those foolish hunters whose pay is less than my pay have spoken to peterson sahib of the matter little tumai was frightened he did not know much of white men but peterson sahib was the greatest white man in the world to him he was the head of all the kedah operations the man who caught all the elephants for the government of india and who knew more about the ways of elephants than any living man
what what will happen said little tumai happen the worst that can happen peterson sahib is a madman else why should he go hunting these wild devils he may even require thee to be an elephant catcher to sleep anywhere in these fever-filled jungles and at last to be trampled to death in the kadah it is well that this nonsense ends safely next week the catching is over and we of the plains are sent back to our stations then we will march on smooth roads and forget all this hunting but son i am angry that thou shouldst meddle in the business that belongs to these dirty asame jungle folk kalana will obey none but me so i must go with him into the kadah but he is only a fighting elephant and he does not help rope them so i sit at my ease as befits a mahout not a mere hunter a mahout i say and a man who gets a pension at the end of his service is the family of tumai of the elephants to be trodden underfoot in the dirt of the kadah bad one wicked one worthless son Go and wash Kala Nag and attend to his ears, and see that there are no thorns in his feet, or else Peterson Sahib will surely catch thee and make thee a wild hunter, a follower of elephant's foot-tracks, a jungle bear. Bah! Shame! Go! Little Tumai went off without saying a word, but he told Kala Nag all his grievances while he was examining his feet. No matter! said little tumai turning up the fringe of kalanag's huge right ear they have said my name to peterson sahib and perhaps who knows hey that is a big thorn that i have pulled out the next few days were spent in getting the elephants together in walking the newly caught wild elephants up and down between a couple of tame ones to prevent them giving too much trouble on the downward march to the plains and in taking stock of the blankets and ropes and things that had been worn out or lost in the forest peterson sahib came in on his clever she-elephant pudmini he had been paying off other camps among the hills, for the season was coming to an end, and there was a native clerk sitting at a table under a tree to pay the drivers their wages. As each man was paid, he went back to his elephant and joined the line that stood ready to start. The catchers and hunters and beaters, the men of the regular cadet, who stayed in the jungle year in and year out, sat on the backs of the elephants that belonged to peterson sahib's permanent force or leaned against the trees with their guns across their arms and made fun of the drivers who were going away and laughed when the newly caught elephants broke the line and ran about big tumai went up to the clerk with little tumai behind him and machu appa the head tracker said in an undertone to a friend of his there goes one piece of good elephant stuff at least "'Tis a pity to send that young jungle cock to molt in the plains.' "'Now Peterson Sahib had ears all over him, "'as a man must who listens to the most silent of all living things, "'the wild elephant. "'He turned where he was lying all along on Pudmani's back and said, "'What is this? "'I do not know of a man among the plains drivers "'who had wit enough to rope even a dead elephant.' this is not a man but a boy he went into the cadet at the last drive and threw barmeo there the rope when we were trying to get that young calf with the blotch on his shoulder away from his mother 
Machao Appa pointed at little Tumai, and Peterson Sahib looked, and little Tumai bowed to the earth. He throws a rope. He is smaller than a picket pin. Little one, what is thy name? said Peterson Sahib. Little Tumai was too frightened to speak, but Kala Nag was behind him, and Tumai made a sign with his hand, and the elephant caught him up in his trunk and held him level with Pudmini's forehead, in front of the great Peterson Sahib. Then little Tumai covered his face with his hands, for he was only a child, and except where elephants were concerned, he was just as bashful as a child could be. Oh ho said peterson sahib smiling underneath his moustache and why didst thou teach thy elephant that trick was it to help thee steal green corn from the roofs of the houses when the ears are put out to dry not green corn protector of the poor melons said little tumai and all the men sitting about broke into a roar of laughter most of them had taught their elephants that trick when they were boys Little Tumai was hanging eight feet up in the air, and he wished very much that he were eight feet underground. He is Tumai, my son, Sahib, said Big Tumai, scowling. He is a very bad boy, and he will end in a jail, Sahib. Of that I have my doubts, said Peterson Sahib. A boy who can face a full kadah at his age does not end in jails. See, little one, here are four annas to spend in sweetmeats, because thou hast a little head under that great thatch of hair. In time thou mayst become a hunter, too. Big Tumai scowled more than ever. Remember, though, that kadahs are not good for children to play in. Peterson Sahib went on. Must I never go there, Sahib? asked little Tumai with a big gasp. Yes. Peterson Sahib smiled again. When thou hast seen the elephants dance, that is the proper time. Come to me when thou hast seen the elephants dance, and then I will let thee go into all the kadahs. There was another roar of laughter, for that is an old joke among elephant catchers, and it means just never. There are great cleared flat places hidden away in the forests that are called elephant ballrooms, but even these are only found by accident, and no man has ever seen the elephants dance. When a driver boasts of his skill and bravery, the other drivers say, And when didst thou see the elephants dance? Kalanag put little Tumai down, and he bowed to the earth again and went away with his father and gave the silver for Anapis to his mother, who was nursing his baby brother, and they all were put up on Kalanag's back, and the line of grunting, squealing elephants rolled down the hill path to the plains. It was a very lively march on account of the new elephants, who gave trouble at every ford and needed coaxing or beating every other minute. Big Tumai prodded Kalanag spitefully, for he was very angry, but little Tumai was too happy to speak. Peterson Sahib had noticed him and given him money, so he felt as a private soldier would feel if he had been called out of the ranks and praised by his commander-in-chief. "'What did Peterson Sahib mean by the elephant dance?' he said at last, softly to his mother. Big Tumai heard him and grunted. That thou shouldst never be one of these hill buffaloes of trackers, that was what he meant. Oh, you in front, what is blocking the way? An Assamese driver, two or three elephants ahead, turned round angrily, crying, 
bring up kalanag and knock this youngster of mine into good behavior why should peter sahib have chosen me to go down with you donkeys of the rice fields lay your beast alongside to my and let him prod with his tusks by all the gods of the hills these new elephants are possessed or else they can smell their companions in the jungle kalanai hit the new elephant in the ribs and knocked the wind out of him as big tumai said we have swept the hills of wild elephants at the last catch it is only your carelessness in driving must i keep order along the whole line hear him said the other driver we have swept the hills ha ho you are very wise you plains people any one but a mudhead who never saw the jungle would know that they know that the drives are ended for the season therefore all the wild elephants to-night will but why should i waste wisdom on a river turtle what will they do little tumai called out oh little one art thou there well i will tell thee for thou hast a cool head they will dance and it behooves thy father who has swept all the hills of all the elephants to double-chain his pickets to-night what talk is this said big tumai for forty years father and son we have tended elephants and we have never heard such moonshine about dances yes but a plainsman who lives in a hut knows only the four walls of his hut well leave thy elephants unshackled to-night and see what comes as for their dancing i have seen the place where how many windings has the dahang river here is another ford and we must swim the calves stop still you behind there and in this way talking and wrangling and splashing through the rivers they made their first march to a sort of receiving camp for the new elephants but they lost their tempers long before they got there then the elephants were chained by their hind legs to the big stumps of pickets and extra ropes were fitted to the new elephants and the fodder was piled before them and the hill drivers went back to peterson sahib through the afternoon light telling the plains drivers to be extra careful that night and laughing when the plains drivers asked the reason little tumai attended to kalanag's supper and as evening fell wandered through the camp unspeakably happy in search of a tom-tom when an indian child's heart is full he does not run about and make a noise in an irregular fashion he sits down to a sort of revel all by himself and little tumai had been spoken to by peterson sahib if he had not found what he wanted i believe he would have been ill but the sweetmeat seller in the camp lent him a little tom-tom a drum beaten with the flat of the hand and he sat down cross-legged before kalanag as the stars began to come out the tom-tom in his lap and he thumped and he thumped and he thumped and the more he thought of the great honor that had been done to him the more he thumped all alone among the elephant father there was no tune and no words but the thumping made him happy the new elephants strained at their ropes and squealed and trumpeted from time to time and he could hear his mother in the camp hut putting his small brother to sleep with an old old song about the great god shiv who once told all the animals what they should eat it is a very soothing lullaby and the first verse says shiv who poured the harvest and made the winds to blow sitting at the doorways of a day of long ago gave to each his portion food and toil and fate 
from the king upon the good deed to the beggar at the gate all things made he shiva the preserver mahadyo mahadyo he made all thorn for the camel fodder for the kine and a mother's heart for a sleepy head o little son of mine end of section 16